I'm Richard Stockton with Stockton Farms in Moran, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas, agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. We are once again locked, loaded, and ready to roll with another edition of Texas Ag Today. All you've got to do is jump on in with me and buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, cotton prices are in the low 80s right now, and if that holds, It's very likely we will have much less cotton planted here in the U.S. in this growing season. We'll have more on that coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the piney woods of East Texas to the rocky ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. It might not be happening all at once, but the market situation for our Texas High Plains ranchers is getting more and more promising. I'm James Hunt, and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. Planted cotton acres predicted to be lower belt-wide in 2023 due to a number of variables. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. The Blackland Income Growth Conference and Mitch Farm and Ranch Show will be held January 10th and 11th at the Estrical Event Center, and I'll have a preview. This is Dr. Stane McClellan, and I'll have more from Waco. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. U.S. cotton growers increased acreage last year by over 2.5 million acres, but we won't see that happen here in 2023. USDA Chief Economist Seth Meyer says he's looking for a significant decline in cotton acreage. We're talking about a drop from 13.6 million acres in 2022 down to 9.5 million acres in 2023. So a sizable cut. And several factors will cause that. The cotton market's really struggled all year to find a direction on pricing. Prices are decent now, but well down from really eye-wateringly high prices at certain points over the last 12 months. Lots of concerns about what does aggregate demand look like, and part of that's tied to global macroeconomic conditions, right? That is one of the issues. Texas cotton growers planted over 7 million acres in 2022, but they only harvested around 3 million due to drought. Now with more on 2023 cotton prospects, here's Tom Nicoletti. My guest again today is Dr. Darren Hudson, director of the International Center for Agricultural Competitiveness at Texas Tech University. He comments on the projections for planted cotton acres across the cotton belt in the new year. Well, I think there's a lot of variables that go into what that planted acre would be. Uh, current price levels right now sort of indicate about somewhere around 9.5 to 10 million acres uh, planted, um, though there's a lot of uh, 
uh, issues waiting on what wheat price will be in the spring to determine whether or not that uh, wheat that's been planted as cover crops gets carried into uh, uh, grain and harvested and not planted to cotton. But uh, certainly eight and a half to, to you know, 10 million uh, planted acres is probably where we're at given current price levels. And that's certainly across the entire cotton belt. Yes, that's across the in, entire cotton belt. That's U.S. Uh, total planted acres. A significant drop from where we were in, in the previous year. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll see what happens. But current price levels just don't support a, a large planted acres, uh, acreage in uh, cotton nationally. Any projections right now for uh, Texas uh, potential acres? Um, you know, that one's, uh, that's where the, the flex is that we're talking about. Uh, I think a lot of those wheat acres that we're talking about are in Texas, and, and some of this will depend on pre-plant moisture. But, you know, we're certainly going to be below where we were in, in 2022, and maybe as much as 20% below where we were in 2022. We'll just have to see where some of these prices sort of fall out over the next month or so. That is Dr. Darren Hudson with the Texas Tech University Department of Agricultural and Applied Economics. I'm Tom Nicoletti at the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Texas is home to the nation's largest wool testing lab and the only commercial wool testing lab in the country. The lab is a partnership between Texas A&M AgriLife and the American Sheep Industry Association. ASI Executive Director Peter Orwig. We're proud of our partnership with Texas A&M, Texas AgriLife to make this commercial wool testing lab a reality. When the lone lab closed down that was headquartered in Colorado, we needed a place to do it domestically and our wool industry thinks it's important to have a domestic testing lab because you essentially can't market wool without having your quality sampling, trusted, credible quality sampling to go with it. The lab is located near San Angelo. The entire sheep and wool industry will be here in Texas in Fort Worth in a couple of weeks at the American Sheep Industry Association's annual convention, January 18th through the 21st. Nutrien Ag Solutions is getting into the peanut business. Frank Groves is the North American crop lead for Nutrien's seed organization. He says their products and varieties aren't ready right now, but they are coming. Yeah, we, we are really excited about it. We're still a couple years away from having a, a variety, but we're on the ground level, I guess, of, of building that brand. We're looking at a few different products right now. All of them have uh, are a step change in yield compared to what our growers are dealing with now. But not only that, but also a vast improvement in quality. You know, our hope is that whenever we release uh, our first wave of products that, you know, our growers can, can enjoy a premium from not only the yield side, but the price side on the, on the quality. Groves says they plan to have their peanut portfolio ready to go in a couple of years. Great opportunities are coming for Texas cattle producers. James Hunt has the story from Amarillo. This week, we've been hearing from Texas A&M AgriLife economist Justin Benavidez on the outlook for farmers in the Texas High Plains. Today, we turn to the situation for those who raise cattle, and it looks to be a good situation for our ranchers. As Dr. Benavidez says, supply and demand dynamics are swinging their way. You look at the drought, how many cows we have culled, how many cows we have harvested over the last basically three years across the western United States. And then you look at where the drought is now. The drought has expanded into Kentucky and Tennessee, places that are really big cow-calf producing states. 
as we continue to see some of those cows being culled, there's fewer and fewer cows available for harvest, but the, the harvest capacity remains the same. Or at least the harvest capacity remains the same right now. There is, of course, some anticipation of new packing plants coming online in the near future, like the producer-owned beef plant in Amarillo expected to begin operations in late 2025. Meanwhile, Dr. Benavidez says we could see record calf prices this year or next year. If we looked back historically, we were looking in the neighborhood of $2.50 per feeder calves, right? And I don't think that that's out of the question. For a very short period, I think we could go above 250. We're already seeing feeder calf prices above two dollars, and we're not even at the tightest point. You know, cattle on feed is still above the five-year average, and we're seeing feeder calf prices above two dollars. And so, I think that we could get above 250. Dr. Benavidez says it's possible the opening of a new beef plant might cause a big spike in cattle prices to occur suddenly, but overall he expects the upward movement in prices to happen gradually. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Central Texas farmers and ranchers have a great educational opportunity coming up soon in Waco. Dr. Shane McClellan has the details. The 61st Annual Blackland Income Growth Conference, locally referred to as the BIG Conference, will be held Tuesday, January 10th and Wednesday, January 11th at the base building located at the Edgeco Event Center here in Waco. The BIG Conference has many volunteers that serve on the various agriculture commodity committees. The persons on these committees represent farmers, ranchers, extension specialists, and various other segments of the ag industry. These volunteers do meet during the summer uh, and plan, strategize on current and emerging issues that are affecting the agriculture. They develop an educational plan and then offer that to the public. The 2023 BIG conference will begin with ag commodity educational sessions on January 10th, starting at 8.30 a.m. The various educational programs will offer TDA CEUs. The ag commodity meetings are broken into basically six primary areas, beef, grains, cotton, forages, horticulture, and then a small and new landowner session. The small and new landowner session has been changed somewhat from previous years to be just a land management meeting that's going to cover a wide variety of topics. The other ag commodities are are very specific and in-depth subject matter. The cotton session will be followed by an auction herbicide training. I want to point out our keynote speaker for this year's event is going to be Dr. Don Renchi, who is an extension program leader and the coordinator for the state's pesticide safety educational program. Dr. Renchi brings a wealth of knowledge, um, very educational as well as being entertaining. There is a registration for the first day, and you can only register on site on January 10th. Now, on the second day of the BIG conference, there's going to be a five-hour recertification program where persons with an applicator license can put credits toward that license. We will also have a training session for those that don't have a license that want to acquire one. That is called the private applicator training. As a reminder, the BIG conference is held in partnership with the Midtex Farmer Ranch Show. Admission to the Farmer Ranch Show is free to the public. Uh, they can attend and visit the exhibits of the latest farming ranch equipment, seed dealers, chemical providers, as well as other ag-related products and services. The phone number for more information is the McLennan County Extension Office, 254-757-5180. Repeating, 254-757-5180. Until next time, this has been Dr. Shane McClellan from Waco 
for Texas Ag Today. The importance of deer and deer hunting in 15 states, including Texas, will be the focus of a new documentary. I'm Jessica Domel, and I'll have more coming up on Texas Ag Today. And feeding beef cows through the winter is the most expensive part of cow-calf production. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. Texas Farm Bureau has served farm families in rural Texas for nearly 90 years. We're pleased to offer new affordable health care coverage choices for all Texans through Texas Farm Bureau Health Plans. You do not need to be a member to inquire and apply. Plans are available anytime. There is no open enrollment period. Our United Healthcare Choice Plus network of providers is one of the largest available. For more information about the different plans, how to apply, or to get a quote for you, your family, or your small business, visit tfbhealth.com. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Feeding a beef cow herd through the winter is the most expensive part of a cow-calf operation. Dr. Bob Judd has more on getting your cow herd through this expensive time of year. The base ingredient for winter rations is dormant forage or hay, but this is not enough nutrition for many cows. So lots of times, cows will need to be fed supplemental protein and energy, especially first-calf heifers and thin cows. Many different types of bacteria and microorganisms in the cow's rumen, or first stomach, compartment convert forage and the supplements into useful nutrients. Dr. Larson indicates this is what makes ruminants, like cows, so important to the Earth's ecosystem because lots of energy can be stored in the fibrous part of plants that cannot be used by humans, birds, and many other animals. There are starch-digesting bacteria for digesting grain and fiber-digesting bacteria for digesting forage. The fiber-digesting bacteria are easily killed if the pH of the rumen is too low or becomes acidic. Cattle fed a forage-based diet that is deficient in protein will benefit from a protein-dense supplement that will supply nutrition for the bacteria needed to digest the forage. In many cases, when feeding cattle, we are really feeding the microorganisms in the rumen, and the microorganisms actually produce feed for the cow. However, if the forage has adequate protein of greater than 8%, additional protein supplementation is not needed and will not be helpful, at least for maintenance. Cows in late pregnancy, or especially after calving, will require a protein supplement, but we have to be careful supplementing them with too much grain. Grain is high in starch and will cause the starch-digesting bacteria to overgrow the fiber-digesting bacteria. The starch-digesting bacteria produce lactic acid, which can kill the fiber-digesting bacteria and decrease fiber digestibility. I'm Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The importance of deer and deer hunting will be the focus of a new documentary. Jessica Domel takes a closer look in today's wildlife report. On our last two episodes, we told you a bit about a valuable data set released by the Southeast Deer Partnership about the benefits of deer and deer hunting in 15 states, including Texas. Today, we're joined by Kip Adams, chairman of the partnership and chief conservation officer for the National Deer Association. He says the information is part of an overall effort to engage non-hunters and share the benefits of deer and hunting. We certainly knew that deer were important, not just for deer management, 
or are hunting in those states, but to all of wildlife management programs there because hunters fund the lion's share of most of the state wildlife agency budgets. And because deer hunters far outnumber all the other species, deer hunters drive the system. Deer are the most sought after game animal. Turkeys are number two. Well, for every turkey hunter, there's about four deer hunters. The goal of the project is to find out the role that deer hunting plays in the economy, society, and in conservation and share that information. The big piece of this, Jessica, is to make sure that we can share information with non-hunters about the value of deer. Only four to five percent of our population buys a hunting license, but there's a lot of other people out there that value wildlife. A lot of people love to watch birds, they like non-game species. Most of those people just simply are not aware of the value to deer for managing the habitats for those other species. A full-length documentary on the benefit of deer is also on the horizon. We actually will have film premieres in many of the partner states to highlight the documentary on all of the good that deer and deer hunters provide. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. The cattle market traded mostly lower in Thursday's trade, but we saw a nice bounce back in the cotton market. We'll look back at all of Thursday's livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. In Texas, there's pea-sized hail and baseball-sized hail. Guess which one hit our house? We didn't even know where to begin, but we called our Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent, and he was so reassuring. He knew exactly what to do to get our house back into shape and our lives back to normal. Now, we're even more thankful for the roof over our heads. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to insure your home for Texas-sized weather. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. The cattle market closed mostly lower in Thursday's trade. The only exception was the nearby February live cattle contract. It was up seven cents to close at 157.35. All the other contracts lower with April down 15, 161.27. The June down seven at 157.27. Feeder cattle market gave back some of those big gains we had on Wednesday. January feeders dropped a dollar forty-two, one eighty-three eighty. March feeders down a dollar sixty-seven, one eighty-six fifty-five. With April feeder cattle down a dollar seventeen at one ninety fifty-two. Cash-fed cattle market seeing some light trade here in the South at one fifty-seven. That's fully steady with last week. No sales reported up north. Boxed beef prices mixed, choice down 33 cents, 282.56. Select was up $1.42, 257.82. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. Henry Pickett sells cattle in Abilene every Tuesday. Henry, how was your Tuesday sale in Abilene? Pretty good for the first one of uh, 2023. We ended up with uh, 1,111 total cattle with 325 cows. Good. Walk the pins with us. Uh, we had a, several sets of wean calves. We had some wean 400-pound steers that bring 225. The heifer mates that were wean bring two bucks. 
had a, everything was two to five higher. Piker cows we had upwards on the high yielding Piker cows bring upwards of 80, 82. Uh, high yielding Piker bulls bring a dollar eight to a dollar ten. So everything started off the year pretty good. We had some really nice four and five year old pairs that went back to the country here locally, and they bring fifteen fifty around. So that was pretty good start to twenty twenty three. Good. Did anybody say Henry? We're going to be back next week with some more. I've got two or three people that've called up. Uh, they're just trying to get things gathered. Uh, a lot of these wean cattle we had had been turned out on wheat and it turned off dry again, so they just had to go somewhere with them. I so I think that's going to be the story here for the next few weeks or 30 days because we don't have much chance of rain in the forecast. All right, so if you folks out there listening are in that uh, frame of mind, go someplace to Abilene Livestock and Henry Pickett and crew. Henry, tell everybody how to get a hold of you. Here at the barn, we can be reached at 325-673-7865 or my cell number is 940-733-8208. We appreciate you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Neighbor, I'm Larry Marble from the Rolling Plains reporting for Texas Ag Today. Thank you, Larry. Back over to the futures market now. We're lean hogs finished lower on Thursday. February hogs were down a dollar fifty-five, eighty-two fifty-two. April hogs down a dollar thirty-seven, ninety-one fifty-two. Class three milk was higher. January milk up twenty-nine cents, nineteen fourteen a hundredweight. February milk up twenty-five at eighteen forty-one. The cotton market finished strongly higher, mostly technical factors moving the market higher because when you look at the fundamentals, they do not look good. Actually, a lot of bearish fundamentals out there keeping a lid on prices, but technical gains pushed the market higher Thursday. March cotton up 214 points, 82.58. May cotton up 210 points, 82.62, while new crop December was up 185 points at 80.48 cents. Weak export demand and weak ethanol demand continue to push corn prices lower. March corn down a penny, 652 and three quarters. New crop September corn down three at 606 and a quarter. The wheat market was mixed. Hard wheat slightly lower, soft wheat slightly higher. March Kansas City wheat down a penny, 839 and three quarters. New crop July down one and three quarters at 830 and three quarters. Chicago wheat finishing slightly higher with March up one and a quarter, 746 and three quarters. New crop July up one and a quarter, 759 and a quarter. In the energy markets, February natural gas down 43 cents at 373. February crude oil up 96 cents, 7380 a barrel. The financial markets lower Thursday afternoon. The Dow down 334 points at 32,935. The Nasdaq down 140 points, 10,318. The S&P down 43, 3,809. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. I'm Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the U.S. of A, Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.